This is Chronic Victory Podcast number 38. I'm your host, David Montez, your friend, your ally, back with you again today. How's everybody doing? Man, it's been a while since I've recorded alone. Had a lot of guests the past weeks and months, but it's nice to have planned this out and done the research and and kind of really get some points that I want to share with everybody that I think... um, Well, let's just say this. I think you're going to want to stick around for this one, and I hope you get something out of it. So take with you what you can from this. Everything else that's not relevant for you is not going to help you out. Ignore that part if there is one, but I think today is going to be a good one. It's at least going to make you think, and that's something I like people to do that listen often is to think critically about kind of their reality and what's going on with them, even if it's not things that you can control. So the topics today, duty and rejection and kind of how those play hand in hand and we'll and we'll get to that let me ask if there was something that could help you more if there were things out there that would benefit you more and help you within your situation would you be interested in that and i know you're probably thinking well yeah everybody's gonna say yeah of course but then you're also probably thinking if you're like me anyway that, well, I've tried just about everything, and you're probably just going to regurgitate something I already know or have thought of. And although some of that might be true as far as what the topic is, I haven't come across as powerful as a team as The Healthy Place, which is the nutrition store. It's small business here in my hometown and surrounding area. Basically have all your nutrition needs, proteins, probiotics, fish oil, like any of the supplements, um, taking magnesium i'm taking i'm taking so many supplements there's this new one called fibrenza supposed to help with my scar tissue from surgeries just like cool stuff i didn't know existed so i would highly recommend checking out the healthy place at findyourhealthyplace.com at least browsing through some of the topics and health concerns that may be the same concerns that you have they have a list of concerns if something is concerning you for example you have a uti or you have reoccurring uti well they have supplements for that here's what you can do for that here's the natural way of things here's things that you can take that are not going to harm your body they're safe and they're natural and i will say the quality is something i really appreciate they also i I, if you haven't heard the show before I'm a huge fan of Wild Theory CBD oil and, and actually other products like Balm and the cream that they have. Uh, the Healthy Place sells the Wild Theory CBD line. And cool part is you can enter coupon code VICTORY, get an extra 10% off whatever you order on findyourhealthyplace.com. So check that out. That is kind of a secret weapon, but the topic of secret weapons is coming up later. It's actually going to have its own podcast pretty soon, so watch out for that. But let's get into today. Today, let's start off with rejection first. I'd say most of us have felt or feared rejection at some point, and we go to extraordinary lengths to avoid it sometimes. What if I'm rejected by the way I dress, the way my voice sounds? Rejection that is a product of judgment of others is something we're all so sensitive about now. You know, we always care what others think. We typically do care what others think of us and what their judgments will be. 
And we think we sound pretty cool when we say things like we don't care or, you know, I don't care what people think about me. But then deep down, it's a you know, it's a facade and deep down, you really do. You're really self-conscious about kind of everything that's going on. It takes away a lot of focus and energy from around you and within you. And maybe you truly don't. Maybe you truly don't care. Yet I think it's fair to say we're at least still aware of the thought, right? The thought of being rejected in some capacity with whatever we're doing. But rather than go deeper into judgment and how that can affect our decision-making processes, what about rejection in a different sense? Can you think of a time that you were really interested in something but ended up finding reasons not to pursue it, not to practice it, not to believe in it? Were there people persuading you that you should look away from such things? Was it your fear of the thing itself rejecting you? You know, you didn't want to get into something that would throw you back out. Here's what I believe. The notion that we can't latch on to something or be a part of something or be accountable for our own destinies is something that I reject. I reject that. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, I mean this. I'm not a bodybuilder, but I can train like one. I'm not a marathon runner, but I can train like one. I'm not a doctor, but I can research like one. I'm not a soldier, but I can adopt certain principles and values held by one. And what's confusing to me is the fact that we know, we know that so many people throughout our lives will tell us we can't do something or be a part of something for whatever reason. But how does that hold up? How does that hold up if the things, if or the thing is in fact an attachment of you? Do you then feel that rejection? Would these people or these thoughts they have to reject the things you hold passion for or the things you have interest in all reject you simultaneously? And even if they did, does it really matter? Allow me. The answer is no. It doesn't matter, and it never mattered what other people think of you. Not to say you can hold value in people's opinions and stories and suggestions, especially people you hold great respect for or you hold as your heroes, you know, our hero archetypes, for example. But I'll let you in on a little secret. After you do decide to do the thing anyway, after you go against the grain and attach yourself to an idea, a value, or an activity. The opposition, the question of rejection, the warnings of others, all become irrelevant man-made traps, if you will. Swiftly designated exclusively as unchecked negativity and distraction from what's really important. So dig deeper into that subject that keeps appearing on your radar devise a way that you can participate in that activity that your heart wants to experience communicate with those people that you find you have something to share with or that you want to learn from listen to that podcast or that song that you find yourself attracted to but you shouldn't quote unquote tell that person you want to have a relationship with that you're interested in them in that capacity i think you get the point there's several more examples but i think you get the point Doing these things is what keeps you free. So liberate yourself and, and do what you were made for. Do the work of a human being and live. 
I guarantee when you start acting this way, when your confidence starts growing too, that, that you'll become noticed. People will notice you are in fact different from others. And, and that in itself, I think, is an opportunity to build some pretty cool relationships or simply just learn some valuable lessons along the way. And everybody talks about growth, but I think growth is also positivity and empowerment. And empowerment's important. It's crucial, actually, for, for people like us that are hurting or have chronic illness or hell, even if you don't. Even if you don't have any of that and you listen to this show. I mean, you don't need to have some type of condition or label to hang out with me on the, on the podcast. So just throwing that out there again. I think that's important. I should keep doing that. So that being said, that new kind of uh, sense of rejection. Start rejecting that, oh, you can't latch on to something or be a part of something or, or be accountable for your own destiny. That since you don't have any control over your body, you just can't control. No, you, c- you could still attach to something and you could still hold yourself accountable for what could happen and, and what may be your destiny. So I, I reject that. <laughs> I reject the notion of rejection in, in that people may make judgments. Let's go into duty. And this is kind of the meat of the podcast today. I've alluded to the fact that I've been studying Stoic philosophy on the side, sort of in my free time. Within my Stoicism subjects that I study, the topics change daily, but also kind of um, there's there's kind of subtopics daily, but then bigger topics that change per month. And so happens that July is the topic of duty. So let's talk about that for a bit, because I'm not even sure most of us have even considered that we have several duties to fulfill, especially my chronically ill folks out there. Why? Well, that's pretty simple to answer. The ailment or ailments typically put us on the defensive. And so with that comes feelings of defeat and the ever so obnoxious victimhood ideology that keeps knocking on your door, trying to sell itself to you, stating, hey, it's much more comfortable here. You'll be safe here. You can pass on the responsibility to somebody else or something else. It's so easy to get here. All you have to do is give in just a little bit. We all have our stuff, don't we? We all have the... Well, well we all have obstacles to conquer, and they differ between each person. I think we can acknowledge that. And if you could acknowledge that you're not like everyone else, well, that stuff you're going through, those stressors, those worries you have... If anyone could do it, it would have been assigned to someone else. But it wasn't. It was assigned to you. Your trials are yours. People often do their best not to own it. They look away from the realities of their situation because sometimes, or even most times, that doesn't look pretty. It can look grueling. It can look ugly. It can be and look painful and be extremely difficult. It's sort of expected, right? And matter of fact, it will look that way all the time. But back to the subject of duty. We have a duty to ourselves. And I'm not sure many of us are fulfilling even some of the basic ones. Going forward through some type of suffering is literally what we as humans were made for. We were not built for shelter. We're not built for comfort. We're not built for avoidance of what we deem as problems. There's a healthy amount of suffering. This is what I mean by suffering. There's a healthy amount of suffering that can be attained. 
to help you not only grow, there's that growth again, but be able to handle the more major things that you will come up against in the future. Things that you maybe haven't even considered yet. And rather than being blindsided and tempted by a sense of perpetual victimhood, for example, would it not be more beneficial to have the ability to calmly attack the next problem that arises, the next big thing? If we neglect this duty to ourselves, we suffer without cause. And I don't know about you, but suffering without cause sounds pretty extra bad. And part of this duty to ourselves also ensures that we don't become a burden to our families, to our loved ones. Because if there was even an ounce, even a hint that you could manage your situation better and chose not to, maybe waiting for someone else to take the reins, maybe not wanting to admit that you've been playing the victim a bit and living in a constant state of helplessness, which is probably the worst state you can remain, then guilt will absolutely consume you. And perhaps it should in that case. And that's kind of why I asked you first off about the healthy place. You know, if there was something that I knew about that I didn't share with you that is sort of a secret weapon of sorts, things like that I think are a good example of maybe it's at least glancing at or taking a look at. Why are they successful? Why are people raving about what they're doing and the products they have? Why have they kind of turned my community here where I live I mean, why are they a staple in health now? I think there's reasons for that, and I hope people do their own research and know that, like, listen, I'm not, I'm not one of their employees, right? I can't, I can't tell you, I don't know the science behind all the stuff, but that's what they're for. So th I'm just using that as an example. If, is, if there was something that you knew potentially could help you, it doesn't even have to be what I had said earlier, but if there's something out there that could potentially help you and you know about it, you have that knowledge, and you choose not to look at it, Maybe there's a little bit of shame there or guilt. And, and maybe some of that's actually justified. You know, are we doing the most we can? You know, we usually say we do. How many times do we always like claim on Instagram or, or even at the doctor? Like, no, I've tried everything. I've tried everything. But have you tried everything? Have you really tried everything? I bet the list is pretty long, but I don't know. It's, it takes a long time to actually try and look into everything. So this is the definition of something bad. When guilt consumes somebody, a little bit of shame, a little bit of guilt is healthy. But if it's something that you know you could have managed your situation better or chose to look at closely, and instead you were waiting for somebody else to take the reins on it and kind of take charge for you, then that's something that leads to some pretty intense guilt. Simply put, this is the wrong this, this is wrong, and although some people may be okay with doing such harm to themselves and always being the aggrieved victim, the reality is you're hurting everyone around you and wasting so many people's time with that. Can't you resist superficially attractive things? A good question I often ask people who are blatantly living in this state is this, and it works 100% of the time. When do you suppose you're going to start taking ownership of the issue? In a number of days. Give me a number. How many days are you going to let pass 
before you begin to own the problem and start becoming part of the solution. And this almost always stuns the other person, the first part at least. Like, well, what do you mean by days? And I mean exactly what I said. When you think of it that way, you kind of, uh, the, the goal here is perspective, right? It's a legitimate question, but I intend to paint perspective with it. We can't let anything get in our way from doing what's honorable. We can't let anything lure us into doing something that keeps us from living. And when I ask that question and the person gets that perspective like, oh, wow, I think looking at it from that angle, I may have wasted some time. Nobody wants to say, oh, uh, I think, I don't know, 180 days and then I'll be ready because we don't want to be seen in that light. You know, we want to be seen like we're trying our hardest and most of us are. We want to be seen like we're doing literally everything. We talked about just a couple minutes ago about doing and trying everything. But I think keeping as a victim in any sense does just that. It keeps us from living. Even if you are a legitimate victim of what's happening. Because P.S. Just because victimhood ideology is a pretty toxic thing does not mean that there have never been real victims. So let's just be clear on that before we proceed here. Because there's real victims out there, of course. See, you have to understand, and maybe you're already asking the question as you're hearing me talk about this, like, David, how can I own something I can't control? Our body is a good example of something we can't control. And maybe you're thinking, you're asking the impossible of me. Oh, my friends. This is precisely the point. Take ownership. Take responsibility for what's happening. Start to lead yourself, even if it's something you can't control, especially if it's something you can't control, because you will not ever be totally responsible for what is happening, but you are responsible for what could happen. There is a huge difference there. You'll never be responsible for what is happening, but you're always responsible for what could happen. None of this is to change your external reality. It's meant to change your internal reality, to change your perception of reality, not reality itself. Remember what's going on inside you, that whole thing? That internal struggle where we all teeter between accepting defeat and moving on to the next objective versus wallowing in self-pity, assigning blame, and feeling false comforts of victimhood. Remember that? Ourselves and our choices are the cause for our failures most of the time. But that's a key thing to note because the only thing we can actually control is ourselves and our choices. There's a nice little tool for self-reflection that you can use without beating yourself up too, without being too hard on yourself. And to this day, I'm still working on learning to forgive myself often so I can move forward and try to do better and just be better as a person. And so this tool I'm talking about is something that I've been calling a debrief, similar to like law enforcement or military post-incident briefing or after-action report briefings, which is typically done with a team to break down sort of what went right and what went wrong within some scenario or real-life incident. The objective being to improve. So the next time, you know, the next time we would encounter something similar in the future, we could be better prepared and handle it more proficiently and more safely. 
And so in our case, what we can do this by ourselves, not to point blame, but to ask some fact-finding questions like, are there any actions or choices of mine that caused this to happen? Is there anything I could have done differently? What will I do the next time I encounter this? And just like that, boom, you've achieved personal responsibility. But it's important to keep in mind that we have to answer these questions honestly to get the real answers. If we just lie to ourselves, the whole process breaks down. It's, it's pointless. You're just wasting time. And even better yet, if you can organize these honest results that you get in a way so you can repeatedly view them again and again, like a journal or some type notes or something, this will help you remember your findings and help you put them into practice. You know, it sort of makes them worthwhile that way. There's another aspect to this too that I recently was reminded of. And if your ego hasn't been checked recently, it's not going to like what I have to say next. We need to feel, I kind of touched on this before, but we need to feel some form of shame. Not the kind that keyboard warriors try to make you feel or um, or the kind that makes you tuck your tail between your legs and, and be afraid to show your face again in public. Not that kind. No, not that kind. That's a little intense. No, there's a there's a healthy dose of shame that we need to keep with us. Because shame and duty go hand in hand. You can't have one and not the other, or that's bad. It's kind of silly that way. A major problem I think we can all acknowledge too is that the you know, you know people in our society today never ever want to be wrong or witnessed as having been wrong about something. You know, we value winners in our society, and so people construe winning with never losing, never admitting when they mess up, when they make mistakes or are wrong about something. When we do that, though, you know, when the shame is gone, then your sense of duty for a higher purpose or noble cause will never materialize into anything. It's kind of like yourself defeating yourself. We need to hold ourselves accountable and feel some shame so that we can act upon our sense of duty because duty is a positive response to the negative emotion of, you guessed it, shame. For instance, when you drop the ball and don't follow through with your plans for the day, say you don't do your physical therapy exercises, and then you're upset later in the day because you didn't do what you know you needed to get done. Now, how many excuses are readily available in your repository until you finally feel some shame for not following your own desires? And I'll be honest, as I'm telling you all this, I'm upset with my gut feeling fat, weight gain, and all that other good dad bod stuff you've heard a million times over. And I could sit here and complain about it, but, you know, and rather than justifying all my actions and pains from getting me to be more active on a reasonably quote-unquote good day, I feel some shame that I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what I have to do, yet I have not done today. But here's the good news. And I, tell, I even tell my, my six-year-old this. It's never too late to make the right decision. Kylo Ren from Star Wars, right? Same idea. Same idea. And you don't need to have seen the movie to know what I'm talking about. I'll explain a little bit. Where he's the bad guy. Kylo Ren, he's the bad guy. Yet has some discourse within himself and questions what he's doing. 
you know, he's repeatedly nudged with the idea that, hey, it's never too late to turn back and start being the good guy again. Maybe if you weren't such an asshole, this movie could end earlier. <laughs> Chokes aside, though, feature films, you know, movies, TV shows have always, they've repeated the same storyline over and over in different ways, and it seems very simple to do. Yet so many of us wait in real life, you know, in the real life scenario of things. I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe next week when I feel better. Ah, this month is almost over. I'll start next month. What if I need surgery in a few months? I should wait to heal from that first before getting started. So probably next year sometime is when I'll get started. No, that is you defeating yourself to the extreme. As soon as I stop speaking, I'm going to get after what I sought out to do. What I know I can do in the moment what I have been instructed to do from therapists, doctors, from God, and from my inner voice. My inner voice, you know the one. The inner voice that's been belittled, pushed to the back. The one that's typically neglected like an abused child, sitting alone in a dark corner, waiting for you to come back and speak to him. You know the one. And as hard as we have been on that inner voice, as much as we have silenced it to neglect some harsh realities, it will never stop cheering for you or betray you. It will never stop telling you you can do it. It will never stop telling you you are worthy. So take this opportunity. It's never too late. It's that whole like positivity self-help start now kind of thing. Start today. And I'm not saying get it all Get it all done in one day, but you can certainly turn small things around because the small victories, as we've established long ago, lead to the bigger ones. And then, and then those get bigger. And then those get bigger. And then pretty soon you're doing things that you couldn't imagine yourself doing months ago or a year ago or two. So remind yourself of your duties constantly and consciously act upon them. You know, holding yourself responsible for if and when you don't. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more we could say, but until next time, go check out findyourhealthyplace.com, and if you see something there that relates to you that you're interested in, remember that coupon code VICTORY. VICTORY. Save 10%. The last thing I want to leave you with is simple but not easy to do, and that is to stay in the fight. Thank you for listening. I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you heard something that inspired you and that you continue to tune in. Feel free to reach out to me on social media or by email. Also, if you're in a position to donate, I have a Patreon account set up to support this podcast and the community behind it. Whatever you're going through and whatever your situation is, stay in the fight.